Hello and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our Tools and Tips series. Hello and welcome to another episode of Codish. I'm Heroku developer advocate Chris Castle, and I'm here today with a few uh, bright faces, and we're going to be talking about um, funding, uh, different ways of funding open source, open source software, uh, different groups. Um, and I'm here today with uh, Pia Mancini, Josh Simmons, and Joe Kuttner. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll let each of you introduce yourself. Pia, why don't you start? Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you guys for having me. I'm Pia Bencini. I'm co-founder and CEO of Open Collective. Um, open Collective is a platform that helps communities be sustainable through open finances. So getting funding from sponsors and backers from companies and individuals and without having to have their own business bank account to do it. My name is Josh, and I am the VP of the Open Source Initiative, and I work at Salesforce with Chris Kelly, uh, forming the Open Source Programs Office at Salesforce to help everybody use more open source, release more open source, and you know, main, uh, maintain healthy relationships with open source communities. Yeah, I'm Joe Kuttner. I'm an architect at Salesforce Heroku, and I'm working on our uh, open source program. Uh, so contributing to open source, using open source, and participating in the communities. Cool, great. Well, let's so let's kick it off with um, just giving giving people a description of what what is Open Collective, Pia, um, and what what do you do? Yeah, so Open Collective kind of we started by approaching the problem of com- the sustainability of our communities. We realized that many of our communities um, they don't necessarily want to become a corporation in order to raise funds. So we started thinking how we can help all of these groups that are distributed around the world, that they are um, groups that have a shared mission, a shared purpose, how can we help them be sustainable? How, we can, how can we help them get the funding they need without turning into something that they're not? Um, and so we created Open Collective that is a platform that enables groups to collect money and disperse it transparently. Um, and one of our first use cases um, on Open Collective when we started three years ago was Yeoman. Mm, yeah. yeah, so we helped them. That was, I think, our first or second collective. Um, and so we helped Yeoman um, on board and they started receiving funding. And just like that, we started like growing a lot in the open space. And it, looking back, it made a lot of sense because open source, like the open source sustainability, it's super important. We'll get into detail about why um, later on, but it was the, if you want the space that was more ready to receive funding and they didn't have a proper way to do it, a very lightweight and easy way of doing it. And so we started working more and more in the open source space. And now we're mostly um, kind of right now, we're mostly um, focused on supporting our open source communities on Open Collective. Cool. Are there other, um, can you can you share a couple other examples of, of groups or um, open source projects that people might recognize that yeah, work with Open Collective? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, for example, one of our most successful projects on the platform currently um, is Webpack. Um, Babel is also super popular on the on Open on Open Collective. Um, Vue.js. 
Um, so we have uh, a lot of JavaScript um, groups on the platform, um, but then we started like seeing like other languages and other communities grow. And, and now we are all the way down to kind of more customer, if you want, user-facing projects like OBS, the open broadcasting software that is super successful in Open Collective. Um, and from there, we grew into um, user groups, meetup groups, uh, .NET groups, Drupal. Mm. It's, been, it's been amazing. It's been a joyride. <laughs> So I do like I want to hear many more more details about kind of how Open Collective specifically works with organizations, but let's step back a little bit um, and talk about kind of open source funding in general. Like, Pia, can you can you talk to us a little bit about like why why do we need to or want to sustain open source with funding specifically? Um, like, yeah. why why is this an important thing that that needs to happen? And yeah, yeah. So it, it goes down to the nature of what open source is. I think open source is, it's a non-excludable public good, which means that it's a public good that it's not scarce. Like you really don't have any marginal cost for another person to use your code, right? The code is there. So once it's out there, like just anyone can use it and and there is not marginal cost for someone else using it mm. and you cannot exclude someone from using it yep. so the nature the, the the nature of what open source is makes it really tough um, to sustain because how can you create scarcity how can you make someone pay for something that they can have access to but the problem with that is that open source in itself is not it's not really f- free it's like someone else is paying for it. Like someone else is paying for it with their time, right? Mm-hmm. Like maintainers are actually using their time, not only to create this technology, but also to maintain it. Because creating a hot open source project, or it's it's fine. It's maintainers or developers get a lot from it as well. But then when it comes into like maintenance mode, that gets really tricky because it's the time of the the, the person behind the project that we are talking about. And their responsibility. And, and these projects are maintained sometimes by one or two um, people, and they bear kind of all the responsibility for something that they created maybe 10 years ago. And so we, we, we took as our mission to help you know, sustain open source, because we think that, this, that the situation that we're in, something's got to give. What's giving is either you have Packages that are dropped um, but are still being used by thousands of other uh, projects and no one is maintaining it, or the person in charge of maintaining it suddenly sees him, himself or herself like super burdened by all of these issues. Um, they're not getting any money from it. They're doing it in their free time at the cost of like maybe time with their families or time doing something else. Um, and and it's it's almost like quite a you know, a toxic situation that we are we are in, in something that is so beautiful and that has given so much to the world that open source has. If I can add a little bit more here, um, I think a refrain I've heard often is that uh, open source is, is not free as in beer, but free as in puppy. And, you know, puppies require maintenance. <laughs> and, you know, so a lot yeah. of... Uh, developers or, or you know people who create open source projects they'll create something to scratch their own itch in the course of 
you know, solving some sort of problem. And then in a spirit of generosity, uh, in the spirit of open source, they'll, they'll license it under an open source license it and share it with everybody. But that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going into it thinking about the long-term maintenance requirements and sort of the commitment that open sourcing a project comes with. And so we -hmm. find a lot of people have created these projects and have sort of accreted responsibility over time to maintain all these projects. And to to Pia's point, um, you know, that's, that's, that's wonderful. And that's the design of open source, but also that, leaves us with a lot of people who are doing work on these projects and they're not being necessarily compensated or supported for the work. And that has really, you know, concrete consequences. Great. Yeah. It's like foundational, a foundational package that's installed on every like Linux operating system. Yeah. Um, Almost every. Yeah. But when the maintainers extract value from the project, it, it isn't just for them. I think it's, it's more of like an investment in that maintainer and the project and, and the community that uses that project gains from it as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, f- an example of, uh, of this is uh, the J Hipster project, which uh, uses Open Collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it grew in popularity, it was inundated with uh, issues, and it just wasn't possible to continue working through those. So we started a bug bounty program. Uh, so we're actually paying people to, to fix bugs. They're mm-hmm. getting value from that. And and money and the community and the project is actually becoming more stable and reliable. And then very recently, just last week, uh, there was, uh, a contributor who uncovered a pretty serious vulnerability in the project. And so we paid out a $500 bug bounty. All of our users are safer. So it's, it's value for the maintainers, but it translates to value for everyone using the project as well. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What are, so what are some other, ways the community or open source users and creators have come up with to to support open source in a sustainable way. I know like some things that come to mind are like GitHub's recent mm-hmm. like addition of the button on the top that says like sponsor this project, I think. Um, and there's Patreon, right? Things like that. What are what are those are those good examples or what uh, uh, yeah. are those some accurate examples or, or what are some other examples yeah. of funding open source that are out there? Absolutely. So like when we started Open Collective, it's going to be, it's coming up to four years soon. Gosh. Um, <laughs> we uh, we really had to push forward this idea of, hey, we need to get money into open source, like ASAP. I think that we what we've seen is like a bit of a cultural shift happening in, yep, this is not going to last. How can we support it? And we are seeing like new projects kind of coming up that have that um, intention. And I think that that is amazing. So GitHub sponsors, for example, it's a really good example because GitHub today is like, you know, the platform where a lot of open source takes place. So it's a natural place for them to think about developer economics and how they can support individual developers. Um, Some developers are Mm -hmm. also using Patreon um, and some projects are receiving kind of support, not not money, but support in other ways from foundations, right? So, mm, yeah. for example, something that a lot of open source projects need that Open Collective doesn't provide is a custody of assets, for example, right? Mm-hmm. We do not own trademark. We do not provide mm-hmm. kind of legal advice, but there are amazing foundations out there that are doing that. So the way I think about it is 
it's a little bit like alternative energies. There is this, you know, at, at the beginning, there was this idea of which is the alternative energy that is going to replace fossil fuels. And then we realized that thinking about that is silly. It's probably a combination of different strategies that make sense for um, different spaces. And this is the same, right? You have projects that have different levels of maturity or that are in different levels of the stack that need kind of um, mm-hmm. different strategies to support themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that analogy. That's that's pretty cool. I, um, Josh, did you have something to add to that, sir? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Pia's take here is, is spot on. And, you know, hi- historically, the the way that open source and free software projects have been supported uh, has been uh, through being a member project of a foundation. And foundations are you know, organized as uh, nonprofits, you know, often as, as charitable nonprofits. And what they do is they, they will often provide, um, you know, like Pia mentioned, uh, custody of assets. So like they'll hold the trademarks or the, you know, the assets in a trust. Uh, they'll also provide legal counsel for the project. Uh, they will provide access to banking services so that projects can receive and, and, and disperse funds. But they also tend to come with uh, some level of, of, of policy uh, requirements. So depending on the foundation, you know, it may be uh, Apache Software Foundation or Software Freedom Conservancy, you, know, you, you name it. Um, they each have a different requirement for their member projects. And so not every project has the bandwidth to really become a, a member of a foundation. So, you know, this has been the model for 20, 20 plus years, depending on, on how far back you want to go. Um, and, you know, for some projects it works, but for many, they don't have the bandwidth to uh, set up project governance or... Or even learn uh, it or figure it out, like you know, go through figure out what governance the, they even need. Yeah, Exactly. And, and it may be that that project will grow to, to, to that point and mature to the point where it does have the bandwidth to figure those things out. But in the meantime, you know, as these projects are growing, uh, they still need a way to receive and disperse funds in, in a transparent fashion. And so that's where I think it's really, really promising to see Open Collective in this space as a, a lightweight model for, for open source projects to, to support themselves. What are some of the, I guess, products maybe is what you'd call them that, that, or, or like methods that open collective offers Mm. to provide funding, like the specific things that, that you kind of programs, I guess, that you create to that a program that a project can use to provide funding to itself. So the first thing, and I think it's still today, the most important thing we offer is an invoice, right? Just think about Salesforce or Heracle and think about trying to get funding out of your companies to a PayPal account of a maintainer in Ukraine. How is that going to go down? It's almost impossible, right? right? And so one of the, so so the op- Open Collective works with a nonprofit organization um, that we created specifically to provide fiscal sponsorship services to open source projects around the world. We are able to onboard as vendors of any company, mm. provide invoices, purchasing orders, and all of that. Uh, so that is super helpful. So that was one of the first things we did in order to kind of make it easy for sponsors to be able to get funding out to open source projects as groups, right? Not as maintainers, Mm -hmm. because as maintainers, it's almost impossible to do, right? Um, 
So that's one, the first thing. Then each open source project started doing their own fundraising. They connect themselves with, um, I don't know, CTO. So they talk to engineers in different companies and then they fundraise. Then we also notice that it's a big ask for some maintainers to be able to do that because they're, it's not their skill set, right? And, and it shouldn't be. Um, or maybe yes, but it's not. It's fine if it's not, right? We need. We still need to help. Um, and so mm-hmm. we created like two new tools um, to help companies support open source projects. So the first one is Backyard Stack. Um, Backyard Stack is um, it's a separate project, but from the kind of open collective ecosystem. But essentially, Backyard Stack kind of scans your organization on GitHub. And tells you which projects are on Open Collective, which projects are seeking funding mm. through Open Collective. So you can run backyourstack.com/salesforce and see which projects that you are currently using in your public stack uh, in your public repos are on Open Collective. Or you can drag and drop your dependency file and just read a private um, file. Mm, cool. And so f- that was a way of solving. Okay, how can we help companies know which from their huge stacks which projects to support? And then the yep. next version of that that we are kind of launching very soon is like a, a subscription model to all your dependencies. So we are enabling companies to say, okay, I want to give $1,100, 5000 $10,000 a month to back your stack. And then we take care of distributing that among all the dependencies that are currently on Open Collective. So they don't need to think about which dependencies. Mm, cool. And so the idea is also here is not just making it easier for companies. It's also making it easier for lower level dependencies or less fashionable dependencies to also get funding, right? Because a, a lot of, of funding is now concentrating maybe in like, you know, the framework level or the kind of top level. But how do we trickle that down, right? How we can help push that down to like lower level dependencies or less kind of um, hot dependencies. Yeah, it's kind of like easy access or, or equality in, yeah. in funding, I yeah, guess. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe the, the the third feature that we released for this is, again, like we are thinking about how hard it is sometimes for companies to make the decision about who they should support. So one thing we created is uh, is called this um, service called Gift Cards, where companies just purchase gift cards for their engineers to, because at the end of the, the day, it's the engineers that are working that know which open source projects is just saving them so much time, right? And so we want to help companies to put that decision-making in the hand of the engineers. So kind of help them avoid the centralized kind of, you know, vertical decision-making process about, okay, we should support this, this project, but kind of really distribute the decision-making process of which projects to support. Um, so gift cards is kind of our attempt to do that. And then the last thing that we're doing is a much more traditional thing, that is we are hiring. So we did a large open source survey, um, and the number one ask from open source projects is like, we need help with marketing. We do not know how to talk to CTOs or like mm. decision-makers in companies. We don't even know who they are. We don't know how to present ourselves, how to market ourselves. And so we, the open source collective, so the nonprofit we're creating is hired, is hiring a person to do that, to do kind of outreach and help get funding to all open source projects through Bag Your Stack, but also help build the tools that the projects need to fundraise themselves, right? And, and help them develop those skills. 
that reminds me of like what Joe said about the, like the bug bounty, like the, the idea of a, um, an open source project like J hipster or any open source project mm. paying out a bug bounty seems kind of like very foreign to me. Like, like how, how does that work? I associate open source with like them not having any money and being on like the shoestring, if any budget at all. Um, so it's cool that these projects can have these more kind of like mature structures within them, whether it's a bug bounty that they pay out or a marketing team or person or um, someone helping with governance. It really empowers the developers. And I think uh, the gift cards are, are an example of this too, where it lets the, the developers or the engineers be the kingmaker and decide which projects are going to be successful. And uh, I mean, if you put in the work and people use it, um, it'll be a success. But for Heroku, uh, something like the gift cards also lets us not just empower our developers, but our, our customers as well uh, by you know, saying we're going to give uh, these gift cards out to our users, to our audience, and let them decide which projects are important. And the benefit to Heroku is that when those projects are healthy and, and working well, that makes our platform a better experience. One other thing that came up uh, when we were talking before this this podcast, Pia, was like the well-being of maintainers, like the health of maintainers. Um, and it's kind of related, right? You talked about like the the non kind of code support. Or we talked about like marketing, uh, supporting marketing or supporting mm. um, governance or supporting uh, other things like that. But then there's this like this soft topic of like the I guess emotional or mental well-being of of um, maintainers which maybe you could call maintainers like people doing a very very thankless job can you talk a little bit about what what open collective has been doing to not just support financially but also kind of like the well-being of maintainers yeah absolutely so this is um something that came out of so we started organizing these kind of one-day conversation called sustain open source um and it's a one-day conversation that we kind of invite different stakeholders from like practitioners, open source maintainers, companies, sort of of corporate foundations, documentation, like, right. So we we bring together a hundred people from very different spaces and we have a conversation about sustainability and it's just a one day conversation, which is, it's amazing. The energy there is incredible. Um, But we can only do it once a year because like I collapse after that. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And this is something that, kept coming up at Sustain, right? And and so we took upon ourselves to define sustainability in the way we understand it. And and so so sustainability is, you know, we're talking both and equally about the sustainability of the open source resources and as the sustainability of its people. Right? Because if you don't have people behind open source, it doesn't really matter, right? right. Um, the yeah. code is going to be there, but what, what really matters is the people that build that and the community around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maintainer health and burnout, is, it's, like a, it's a topic that keeps coming up. So it's, it's related to the community imbalances that I was mentioning before. Mm-hmm. Just imagine your maintain an open source project on which thousands of products around the world depend on Right, and you have like a list of I don't know 500 open issues, and you need to triage them because maintaining is also the boring task of having to deal with all of that. Right, not just creating right. something; yeah. it's having to kind of close issues, see like what's important, discuss kind of, and and you should take a ride through some of the issue trackers of these projects. Like 
seriously the cheek i don't know some folks is amazing it's like why aren't you answering me right and why this is my i have my whole <laughs> development you know stopped now because you can't fix this you have to make it right and this is for something that they're getting literally without paying anything um and yeah. so this takes a toll this takes a toll on on, on maintainers and and we've been kind of avoiding talking about this for a while because I think it kind of falls in the larger kind of reticence that we have generally as a society of talking about these issues. Um, yeah. And especially mental in the, health issues. In exactly. General. And especially in the open source space that it's still super male kind of driven. And, mm. Right. And so we started this program called um, the Maintainer Support Group. And essentially, we're just kind of bringing maintainers together to talk about anything that's not code, really, anything that is just about how you deal with all of this, how you deal with, you know, your angry users, how you deal with having to say no, how do you onboard more people for those tasks that are kind of triaging or replying or closing issues, right? Because everyone wants to contribute when it's making up like a comment, but no one wants to be there when it has to do with replying to users, closing issues, triaging, etc., or writing documentation. So how can you know we help each other open our, our, ourselves up to these different types of contributions? Um, and yeah, we just started it, but I'm I'm super proud of this program because I think that is kind of is what's underlying everything that is you know happening now and in, in in open source and and it's hard to fix i guess it's just it's just about creating spaces for it and acknowledging that this is a an issue and just being there you know being there for maintainers to talk to someone about this thing. right absolutely if i if i may build on that yeah yeah so yeah, you've noted that uh, there's the matter of of well-being of the maintainer themselves and and you know sort of the the personal st sustainability angle of things and then there's a sustainability of the, the projects that they're maintaining. And so, you know, the, the funding uh, certainly can help with the, the maintainer's well-being. And, the, you know, the maintainer's support uh, group is like an incredible resource. And uh, in that vein, I, I also want to give a shout out to Open Sourcing Mental Illness, OSMI, which is a, a wonderful group that's been bringing attention to uh, to burnout and mental health issues and raising awareness and, and providing resources there. Then like zooming out to the, the matter of like, okay, well, what does it mean for a project to be healthy uh, and sustainable? Uh, hmm. I think that that gets us to sort of these, these next order problems that we are still need to solve. Say we get to a point where a maintainer themselves has their needs met. Right, like they're healthy and they're they're getting support. Uh, well, that maintainer uh, may want to move on to bigger and better things sometime in their life, or maybe they want to change change careers, or you know, for, someone doesn't necessarily want to maintain a package for the rest of their 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 waking life. To that end, uh, for a project to really be sustainable beyond any one individual. I think that's when we really need to start thinking about, well, how is this project governed? What is the 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 on ramp from becoming a uh, a user to contributor to core committer to the new maintainer of a project? Um, and so that cuts to the the question of succession planning. And I think these are mm -hmm. 
issues that you know at, at sustain the events that that Pia uh, and, and others have run with Open Collective. Uh, that's a, that's another thread that keeps coming up, and I don't know that we have solutions there yet. But uh, as we as we make progress on the the, the question of funding, um, I think I think that's really the next problem that we need to start solving is is helping maintainers figure out what what's their plan to hand off the project in the long run to somebody else. Uh, absolutely. And that is also related. I think in, at Sustain, we called it free the maintainer, hmm. yeah. uh, kind of free them from, you know, the gift they gave to the world at one point in their life. And maybe they, that's it. That's, you know, um, and, um, but it, it, it's, uh, it's kind of related to this idea of sustainability, social sustainability of, of the community, how resilient a community mm-hmm. is, how, what's the ability of a community to attract different skill sets and to, attract contributors in at different stages and that can provide that resilience that when a maintainer leaves then the community doesn't die that absolutely must be must be the focus we need to understand that sustainability is not just funding is sustainability of, of the resources of its people and also of the community because a healthy community is what I, it's what's going to enable a project to be sustainable in time as a as an open source user or maintainer or probably both, um, how might I get involved or learn more about Open Collective? Yeah, so opencollective.com is the the our website. From there, you can create um, your collective. We are also obviously open source, so we really appreciate contributions. So GitHub.com/slash/opencollective is the place to go. We have a quite a robust bounty program for paid contributions and and back hunting um, that you're super welcome to join and we are in kind of in true spirit of like becoming a collective ourselves an open collective ourselves we are starting to um, have paid contributions for like Mm. (laughs) non-code contributions so guest blog posts for example uh, documentation Um, we are part of the google summer of doc Nice. program and so we are gonna we're gonna extend that um during the year to kind of have paid documentation contributions um so that's all happening in um slack.opencollective.com is probably the place to go for that cool well thanks very much for for joining us pia same to you josh and joe there's so much interesting and kind of innovative stuff happening here and it sounds like spinning around in your in your mind pia so yeah thanks for taking some time to to join us and thanks listeners for joining us for another episode of codish thanks for joining us for this episode of the codish podcast codish is produced by heroku the easiest way to deploy manage and scale your applications in the cloud if you'd like to learn more about codish or any of heroku's podcasts please visit heroku.com podcasts